Welcome to another edition of the Sola Gratia podcast. I'm David Prairie, youth pastor here at Grace Baptist Church in Chattanooga, and we're back in my office, and I'm joined once again by my good friend Aaron B. Arnold. Good afternoon, Aaron. Good afternoon. Um, so today we're going we're gonna to approach a topic that is of great interest to both Aaron and myself. I love uh, it. One that that we kind of knew we wanted to do pretty early on, so here we are, episode two, and we're already getting into it. But today we're going to talk about youth ministry and mission trips, specifically short-term mission trips. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about missions uh, in general as as far as it relates to short-term trips, Mm -hmm. Um, but primarily we're going to stick to to short-term trips. Aaron and I have led teams together Mm -hmm. short-term on a few different occasions, and and Aaron actually has, uh, you're more of a veteran mission trip (laughs) taker than I am, I think. I guess so, yeah. I've probably taken a few more than you have. We'll uh, get into that at some point, I guess. Yes, I think we will. Um, So so I want to make sure that we kind of pave the way here appropriately and just um, see if we can maybe explain... For listeners, just in case there's anybody out there who uh, isn't really sure what we're talking about when when we mean short-term mission trips, so what? How would you define a short-term mission trip? What do we even mean by short-term missions? I think it's when you have a group of Christians that are going for a specific time for focused outreach, and there's different ways that that's accomplished. Uh, some of them are, you know, on the street evangelism. Some of them are just passing out tracts and getting into whatever conversations you can. Some of them are more service-oriented. But I think it's any time that you have a, a group that's gathered for the focused purpose of promoting the gospel in one way or another. Now, short-term might be uh, somewhat ambiguous. Yeah. Because sometimes you might think, well, are you going for a weekend? Yeah. Are you going for a week, a couple mm-hmm. weeks, a month? Is there a, is there a definite amount of time to short term, or is it just anything less than a full time? I don't. I think when I think of short term trips, I don't think of anything that's too much longer than two weeks. But mainly because I've never been gone for longer than two weeks on yeah. a missions trip. So when I think short term, I think that. But I know some mission agencies define short-term as like up to three to five years on the field, Yeah, which to me seems like a longer time, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, by definition, I guess short and long are, are relative. Yeah. So one the particular agency that, that we're actually getting into, ABWE, for full-time missions, I think their definition of short term, I think I'm getting this right, uh, is anything six months or less. Okay. And then I think they have a another area that they call midterm, mm. which is somewhere between, if you commit si- between six months and two years, uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's closer to three years, because, because for full time is what they consider if you're committing three years or more. Okay. So that's how that works. And that's not probably universal. Right. But for that particular agency. Right. Uh, that's the way they distinguish it. Yeah. Because as you said, you know, it's it's something where you have a team, you have a specific group of people mm-hmm. typically that are traveling together. Yeah. Very rarely are you going to find groups of people who are going to commit, who are going to be able to commit more than, as you said, a week or two at a time. Yeah. For specific tasks. For sure. Now, uh, is there a biblical basis, a biblical basis for... Short-term mission trips, do we see these kinds of things happening in the Bible? I think I think we see short-term, like, focused times. My mind went to when Jesus sent out the 72 and when yeah. he sent out the 12. Yeah. And those happened back-to-back. And, you know, that was a specified purpose. And, he, and Jesus said, if they do this, do this. If they don't do that, do this. You know, he gave them very specific guidelines. Yeah. And then you look at um, Paul's life. And it's like, I mean, he was a missionary full time for sure, you know, when he's not making tents. Yeah. Uh, but 
he's everywhere he goes, they set up, they do their thing. When it's time to move on, he goes to the next place and he just keeps on and keeps on and keeps on until he gets, you know, imprisoned and then he's a missionary to Brutus. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) In the, in the Roman jail. That's right. Yeah. So, so mission, missions, uh, think of short term missions in the Bible. I thought of both the examples you mentioned there as well. In fact, I, I had, had already turned to Acts 19 and um, in, a, in about uh, verse 8, you've got Paul entering the synagogue, and it says, For three months he spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But then verse 9, When some had become stubborn, and they continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, Paul withdrew from them, mm-hmm. took some disciples with him, and he reasoned daily in the hall of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years. So he's... You know, these, this is obviously not... He's not planning trips the way that you and I plan right. trips necessarily, but he's going to one part of the of the city and staying there for six months till he's no longer welcome. Then he goes mm-hmm. to another place, just so happens he's welcome there for two years. And and yeah, in a sense, that's his... He's doing that full time, but yeah. he's, he's not um, anchoring down in one place inevitably. Right. Yeah. He's going from place to place. I even thought of... Uh, of Jonah. Yeah. Jonah, I think, was something of a short-term missionary to the Ninevites. Uh, (laughs) Is that a a stretch? No, it's not a stretch. I just, uh, yeah, he's a missionary. He's an interesting missionary. He is. (laughs) Uh, Not necessarily uh, a model missionary, I suppose, but but nonetheless, uh, he came to mind... Hey, I'm going to preach to these people, and then I'm going to hope I'm going to get mad when my work, the Succeeds. work God sent me to do, gets. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, very briefly, I hope um, when we talk about missions and we think about other um, other things that may come to mind. So even even in the way that we would define missions, yeah, or missionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, or what, the way we talk about the mission field, or 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 the Great Commission in the Bible. Yeah. Um, we don't have to give necessarily dictionary definitions to all those. No. But how are those terms like that helpful for understanding what it is that short-term mission trips should be about? I think, I think anytime you talk about missions, you're talking about reaching the lost. You're mm-hmm. talking about pointing others to Christ. And a lot of times, again, I, I, I kept coming back to the word focused, you know. Yeah. If you're a missionary, and hopefully as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we're like always doing those kinds of things. But like, I, th- I think of it as like, this is the job that you're doing at the time, missions. Missionary, you're bringing the good news. Um, and that's your job at the time. Uh, although, you know, we all need to be fulfilling the Great Commission in different ways. When I think of missionary, I think of this is a this is a career type thing or this is what you're doing at the time. Yeah. Um, mission field. I would think that 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 comes from the imagery, the word usage that Christ uses. You know, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Yeah. yeah. So. There is much to be done out there. That's the mission field. That's the task at hand. Go to it. And that's what he's saying to do in the Great Commission. You yeah. know, preach the gospel to all, all, the, uh, all the people of the world. Yeah. So those, are the, those are kind of my definitions, I guess. Yeah. Good. I... Um... I struggle sometimes, and I guess I have maybe more recently since I've, since I've thought more uh, and, and even prepared more to, to be in missions full-time. Um, you know, I think, I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying as far as, um, in a sense, we're all missionaries. Mm-hmm. In a sense, certainly the Great Commission, I think we both would agree, is applicable to all Christians from all ages. Yeah. And so that's something that we do, or at least ought to be doing, or working towards whatever our full-time jobs are. Mm-hmm. 
So so whether we're teachers, maintenance men, mm-hmm. businessmen, um, whatever it is, making disciples is 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 our focus all the time. Mm-hmm. And and in that sense, the whole world is a mission field. Yeah. Um, you know, missionaries themselves. Yeah, I think that's a dis- I would say that's a distinct category of people mm-hmm. whose job it is, who 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 regularly are recognized and sent out by their churches to to go especially to places and and even to live in places where we recognize that maybe the gospel is for whatever reason especially needed there. Yeah. Um so in in that sense I I would say that not all Christians are missionaries, mm-hmm. but that all Christians ought to be Obeying the the Great Commission anyway, yeah. making disciples, evangelizing. Yeah, sounds like we're we're on the same page there. Yeah. Now, uh, we could talk for days, and <laughs> and actually have spent uh, many many times you and I just talking about mission trips gone by. Yeah. So we'll try to not uh, over elaborate on this, but mm-hmm. but give give the listeners a sense of. Short-term trips you have taken, and where where you've gone, mm-hmm. uh, what you've done there, who you've gone with, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Well, I guess the first the first trips I took were with the the when I was in the youth group, and we went to Youngstown, Ohio. We did some service projects there. We also went to Brooklyn, New York, and partnered with a church there. Some of us did service projects. Some of us worked with, like, the kids' camp they had. Uh, that's kind of where I started doing kids' work, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, one time we did kind of like a road trip where we, I think it was nine days, and we did this drama at, at in Youngstown and in Brooklyn, and we tried surfing, and I was no good at that, and we got big gulps, and that was awesome. I don't think I knew about the surfing. You tried surfing? Yes. So you went to the ocean. Uh-huh. And you had a surfboard. We had a surfboard. And, and you attempted to stand up on it and ride waves. Yes. But you have to paddle faster than the wave is going so you can catch the wave. And I couldn't paddle fast enough. Interesting. So it was it was bad. Steven Snyder aced it, though. I was going to ask if there was anybody who, you know, who, who got it right. And you mentioned Steven, and I, yeah. I, that doesn't surprise me about him. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome. Um, let's see. Then I took a few with Operation Mobilization. Yep. Took a couple to England. Took one to Germany, uh, ministering to Arab Muslims, doing an outreach there. Uh, one in Ireland with Operation Mobilization, which was probably one of the most interesting trips. I've been to Norway three times. And we'll, I'll add this for Ireland because you and I have talked about that. Interesting yeah. in the sense that when you got there, uh, your your plans kind of changed. Everything you prepared to do kind of went out the window. Yes. And Because uh, the other Operation Mobilization trips that we took, which it's a great, it's a great organization. I think they do a fantastic job. Um, but it was training and then street evangelism. And then Vacation Bible School, which is called Holiday Clubs over there. So in our minds, that's what we were thinking about doing. You're taking about 21 college students, college-age students, over to Ireland. You break them up into groups. Uh, I think there was 50, 60, or 60 people all together in that, in that. But they broke them up into different places to go in Ireland. And like the the women from Grace ended up doing service projects, like, the whole time. Yeah. And that was really hard for them. Us, the guys, we ended up getting sent to this place where we couldn't agree with the the people doctrinally. Yeah. Because the plans that OM had at first fell through, and they had to get something for us, like, before they could do all the background check. And... God really worked it out. Right. He split us up further, and he sent half of the guys to one of the groups that were mainly women, and then he sent me and others into the mountains of Avoca, and we went camping, and this was, like, intense, yeah. like, 
in tents. Yeah. There were no cabins. <laughs> there was one bathroom for the guys, one bathroom for the girls. I did not shower that whole week except yep. for once. Yeah. We had to do the the wipe all yep. special. And <laughs> you always want to be prepared when you take short-term mission trips because you never know if there's going to be showers. Yep. So you bring body wash and you bring disposable wipes and you can shower anywhere. That's go. a free missions trip tip for you. That's right. Um, but it turned out great. Yeah. And kids came to know Christ and it was just... It's just an amazing trip. Yeah. And then there's the DC, done two DC trips with the youth. Yeah. And I've been on one to Alaska. And I think that's, oh, and Camp of the Woods did that one year. In Canada. In Canada. And that was right, that was like two weeks after coming back from Ireland. And this cat, this camp wasn't going to happen. And God provided support and shipped a group of us yep. off from Grace. And it was just amazing. And they got to have their last week of camp because, because God sent some of us from Grace up there. Yeah. And that was, it was amazing. It was a great, that was a great summer. Yeah. Now, have all the trips you've been on been with people from Grace or been sent by Grace, I guess, from our home church here? Yes. Yeah. I've never... I've never, quote-unquote, gone rogue. There you go. Uh, it's probably for the best. <laughs> I've always been under Grace Baptist Churches yeah. uh, sending in some way. Yeah. They've all gone through the missions committee and been approved. Right. Yeah, mine, mine have as well. And, and so some of these, I'll, I'll list mine real quick, quickly, and some are going to overlap with yours. Uh, again, as, being a student in youth ministry, uh, the, taking the trip to Youngstown, Ohio, uh, Brooklyn, New York. I was able to to help lead a trip. I had I was a couple of years out of high school, and we took some students. I was asked to help lead a trip to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and do some inner city work there. Um, we had gone to we did one trip to Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, to work with Restored Church, who we partnered with. A um, couple of times now to D.C. Uh, we've gone, I've, I've led now eight teams to Anchorage, Alaska to partner with Grace Works, um, and Scott Kirby and his, his crew up there. And then, and then as far as overseas, uh, my first trip out of the country was actually to Jordan and Israel. Mm. And that was not explicitly a mission trip, Mm -hmm. but inevitably, you know, you're meeting people from other cultures, you get to talk about beliefs, there were opportunities to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. Uh, so as much as that was in a lot of ways, more of a um, an educational and a uh, sightseeing kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm lumping it in there anyway. And Sounds then, like you're the veteran. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. But then, uh, but then we've we've done a couple of survey type trips: one to Norway, and then and then most recently to Moldova. Mm-hmm. Um, where again, it's it's um, not not explicitly for the purpose of evangelism necessarily although there's teaching opportunities and then and then discipleship opportunities that present themselves but it's more like trying to gauge partnerships yeah trying to get to know what what the work is going on there how might we be a part of it either whether it's to move there or or partner from a distance mm-hmm. um now i'm gonna ask this next question and this is about as broad as it could be and and it will maybe we'll just have to answer it as we go along but i want to talk about the goals of mission trips Mm -hmm. primarily what are what are the goals or or what are some of the main goals that mission trips at least should have i think i think the one of the primary goals needs to be aiming to serve the established ministry wherever it is that you're serving yeah so you're coming along them you're partnering with them you're going to help them move forward and reach their community. I think that should be the primary goal. I think kind of a secondary goal is for all the members that are serving that would be the short-term missionaries right. to grow closer to Christ during that time. So you're, you're focused on serving, so hopefully you're focused on Christ. Yeah. And you're growing. And it was, I know uh, Ken Ivins 
when he took us to Brooklyn on one of the trips, he provided us with a copy of, I think it was Seeking and Savoring Christ by John Piper. Okay. And he encouraged us to read a chapter a day. Yeah. And I think he had, I think he had a book that he would give to us each time and there'd be downtime. So it wasn't necessarily just, it, it was time for personal growth too. And I think that should always be a goal in some form or fashion since you're, you are a group, you're doing focused serving. So how are we as a group going to grow closer to Christ? Yeah. Yeah, good. And each trip is going to look different. Yeah. So some are going to be heavy on speaking ministries, mm-hmm. teaching ministries. Others are going to be heavy on just hands-on labor. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think we'll we'll elaborate on some of that a little bit later. Um now you and I, you already have have talked about just important uh, tips. Yeah. For mission trips. Yeah. For example, be prepared if you have to live in the woods for a little while. That's right. And can't get to a shower. Because you never know. Because you never know. You just don't. Um, I've I've again as you and I have just talked uh, amongst ourselves. You know we've mentioned things like sometimes just the importance of as shallow as it may sound. Having good snacks with you. Oh yeah, you know to uh, as you travel mm-hmm. and and you know if you're going somewhere, especially where the food might not be as as enjoyable as as you're used to, or yeah, um, you know whatever the case may be, you know you probably want to have something nutritious with you or something at least enjoyable with you. Yeah. Um, what are what are some of the most basic ingredients that you would say this is important? You know just you know, again, we've talked, you and I have talked about this amongst ourselves. But yeah. Well, I don't think you can ever not pack enough underwear. I mean, that's just, that's just a given. Yeah. Because again, you also don't know if you're going to get to do laundry. Yeah. And in the words of one of the Operation Mobilization people, you want the gospel to be offensive. You don't want to be offensive. There you go. So, uh, you know, plenty of clothes. Make sure you know what it is, the climate you're going to be serving at, you know. And again, you don't always know. Right. The the OM trip to Ireland, none of us had any clue what that was going to look like. We thought we did, but we didn't. And, you know, thankfully I had come prepared, and although I wasn't quite prepared for camping in the woods, but it all turned out really well. Yeah. Uh, making sure you have food is good. Um, even, you know, missions trips can be really, really heavy. Um, just to, you know, you've got, if you're, if you're taking like a bus full of teens, Uh you know, there's 10 to 12 lives that are going on and they all have got something going on. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you're, Satan wants to mess you up. He's going to cause disunity and, you know, you, you know, you, you want to have a prayerful attitude about everything. Uh, but I also think humor helps as well. Yeah. You know, just, uh, having good humor, um, making sure that, that people are well fed and are just mentally, spiritually, and physically where they need to be. Yeah. Jim Crockett, bless his heart, always feeds us and Scotty Staub feed us these monster meals yeah. when we go to Norway. And that that's like Jim's philosophy. You've got to start out with a good meal. Makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna, <laughs> certainly not going to argue with it. No. <laughs> and we experience that uh, even in Alaska. Yeah. You know, they, are, they, they want you to be as physically, um, as you said, just prepared and taken care of. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you're not living in luxury, no, but you, you know, the beds are comfortable. The meals are great. Um, you are, you are being as, as nourished and equipped as you could possibly hope to be. Yeah. Cause you're, cause you're spending a lot of energy throughout the day. And as yeah. you said, things can be stressful. They can be heavy, uh, whether with the, within your group or with the people you're trying to minister to. Yeah. And so it's always nice to, to not have to. 
in in addition to all the other things you have to worry about, it's nice to not have to worry about. Right. Man, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? Am I going to am I going to be able to have a good meal? You know, all of those sorts of things. But in those cases, like when you have, you know, thirty people and under one roof and right. squeaky beds and yes. and uh, cars going past, then you just you know pray yourself up and say, Holy Spirit, give me strength. Yep. And sure. you know, for sure. I don't know how much I slept on that DC trip, but God gave me strength to That's power right. through. <laughs> well, you and I, uh, you know, combined probably didn't sleep enough for one person. <laughs> Oh, my word. Some of that was our own, well, at least for myself, some of that was my own fault, <laughs> sneaking out to baseball games late at night and so forth. But, yeah. <laughs> such is life, I guess. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. Who should, who are mission trips for? No, that's not the right way to ask it. Uh, who, sh- who should participate in mission trips? What kinds of people should be on short-term mission trip teams? I think... I think everyone who wants to follow Christ should at least experience some sort of short-term missions trip at some point in their life. Um, You know, you could... I don't know. I don't... I don't know that I'd want to, like, put a... I don't know. It'd be hard. It'd be hard if I was in your shoes, I guess, to like, I know you have a, you know, kind of a reference form or, you know, an yeah. application every time. Yeah. Like, it'd be hard for me to say, uh, I don't want this person on a trip. I don't want that person on a trip. Um, because, because there's opportunities for them to grow on the trip. Yeah. And so I get, I guess it, it depends on, if they're willing to do the work, yeah, and they know Christ, those are the kinds of people you want on a trip. That was the what you just said. There is something I was was gonna ask if you didn't bring it up. Do you have to be a Christian? Should you be a Christian to go on a mission trip with a church? So like we work with teenagers, right? Um, we do our best to vet our teenagers mm-hmm. and and ensure that they have a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Before we would say allow them to go on a trip, right? I think that I I would say, to the best of your knowledge, you would want only people who know Christ. Yeah, because if they don't, I mean, even and, and even if someone does know Christ, but they're um, but they they sow a lot of discord. Hmm. That could be a hindrance to the trip. Yeah. And so I guess you have to take that into consideration. So it's not the only category. It's not, oh, you're a Christian, you should come with us. Right. But it, it, it's a way of saying, you know what, we, we see evidence in your life that you're a growing believer. Yeah. And so we think you would, be a posit- you would make a positive contribution to this trip. Right. And we, sometimes we have to recruit that way. Other times we, in fact, we have a, I guess you'd say a, a culture now, I feel like, we have a lot of people who are pretty interested in going on trips. Yeah. And so we offer, we, ch- we try to offer a couple a year. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't really lack for interest in those trips. Now. Right. Definitely. I've had to turn people away for trips. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, that's pretty hard. And, and sometimes it's just, well, we, if the, if the group, if the team gets too big. Yeah. It can be harder to manage from a leadership standpoint. Yeah. Logistically, there's a lot of things that are more difficult about taking bigger, larger groups of people. Yeah. Um, and by large, I mean the, the most people I've ever led on a trip, I think, is 19. That's a pretty good group. And, to, and that's a pretty good size. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially when 15 of them are, <laughs> are middle and high school. Yes. Now, uh, but also sometimes I've turned people down because I, and I've told them things like, um, I don't, you're not, you're not as involved in your home church as I think you should be. Yeah. And so I don't know that I could, and I don't remember exactly if I've worded it this way, but something like, I don't, I don't really trust you to go on a trip. Yeah. Because how am I going to know what you're going to do or say, or, you know, 
Right. I, I don't see evidence of you doing these kinds of things at home. What would make me think that we're going to go 4,000 miles away and all of a sudden you're going to be uh, helpful in, this, in these ways? Yeah, for sure. So those aren't easy conversations to have, oh, no. but, but those are some of the things we kind of look for. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit before about preparation, trying to make sure that, that people are as prepared as possible when you go on a trip. Mm-hmm. What are some things that teams and leaders should keep in mind when just trying to be as prepared as possible? So when you and I are, are getting teams ready to go on trips, what are, what are some of the things that we try to make sure we cover with them for preparation's sake? I always think that unity is a huge key. Making sure that, well, first of all, that, that the participants in the trip understand the trip, the purpose of the trip, the goal of the trip, what we're looking for them to do. Uh, you know, in the case of Alaska, we had a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. We're going, we're going to the park. We're going to be playing with the kids. We're going to be using all this energy. That's what you're signing up for. Yeah. Uh, you know, the trip to DC, both trips, actually, we had some ideas, but we weren't exactly sure, uh, what all of our time was going to be filled up doing. And so I think it's a little bit harder if you don't know. 100 percent yeah you know but you want the participants to know uh what they're signing up for you want the participants to be unified Uh, i think you want any kind of discord to be dealt with before the trip is taken yeah um i know there was a lot of surface subsurface and just out there drama on one of the trips i went and all I could do was pray about it and God sorted it out on the trip, you know. Um, but you just want to make sure that nothing is getting in the way to uh, to cause the team to take their focus off of Christ and off of the, the goal of the trip. Um, as well as bringing all the toiletries and, you know, necessary clothing and et cetera, et cetera. And you want to make sure that people's hearts are are right as much as you can um we can't read hearts we can't read motives like jesus can but um you know you just want want people to know what they're signing up for and make sure they have a servant's heart while doing it yeah so some of that is logistical Mm -hmm. preparation yeah you know we're going to be traveling this many hours we're going to go this route be prepared for this kind of weather. Pack mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but uh, but as important, and I agree with what you're saying here. As important is the the spiritual side of it. For um, sure. Is is your heart in the kind of place that when you're stretched and when you're tired, and when things don't go as planned, can you be flexible? Yeah. Can you adapt to various kinds of uh, of possibly awkward situations and mm-hmm. uh and still represent Christ well in those yeah things. Now sometimes too and this is where you said, you know, it helps to have as good an idea as possible of what you're getting into when you go. So some trips we've taken and we've had to be really prepared. We um maybe it's to teach lessons. Yeah. Or to have music prepared. Yeah. Uh or, or certain crafts or games or or um activities. Mm-hmm. You know, so so we try to make, um, we try. Of course, we try to help students. If, you know, if, if somebody's going to teach a lesson, it's not normally go study this passage and read these commentaries and get back to us when you've right. got an outline. You know, we want to we want to help them. We want to kind of show them how that's done. We want to help them think through, uh, you know, their audience and how they can how they can do those best. But but whatever whatever task it is that you're going to be doing up there. You know, you want to want to help people to not be caught off guard, right? You know, with all those things as much as possible, right? Um, any, anything else I'm missing is for I'm going to kind of skip around in our order of questions just to try to lump some of these similar categories together. Any any other logistical kinds of things, um, as far as mission trips and their preparation? What are some of those factors that we that, that people should keep in mind when leading trips or going on trips? I, I think um, 
like for me, I try to know myself. Like I think it's important for every participant to know themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I need to try to get as much rest as possible or things are going to go bad because I know what Le- it's leading like. Leading up to the trip. Leading up to the trip or... And on the trip. Uh, or on the trip. Yeah. Like because, there, because there's ways to be responsible and irresponsible. That's right. Um, you know, with, with what you do on a missions trip. That's right. And so, like, I know that, that if there's, if there's downtime and I need to take it, then I should take it. Yeah. Because I know, I know there's been times on missions trips that I, that I haven't paid attention to what I was, what I was doing and, you know, it ended up being, being awful, you know, uh, either, either I'd lose my temper or, uh, my patience or whatever. And part of it, you know, goes back to, well, you should have rested more. You should have been more prepared. You should have taken care of yourself better. Um, but that's, that's me personally, um, to know yourself and know your, your breaking points and what's go, what might, what might trigger those things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm thinking too, even just of logistically, like for, for the team's sake, Mm -hmm. things like finances. Oh yeah. You know, uh, you want you know if if people are going to need spending money on the trip, yeah. Let them know they're going to need to bring a certain amount of spending money. Mm-hmm. In the case of some students, maybe remind them that hey, you might be spending too much money, uh, <laughs> you know, on these toys at the convenience store. You know, you're probably going to need to eat dinner on the way home, or something like that. Yes. Um, you know, but also transportation. I mean, we've. You know, we've had to rent vans for trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you have a vehicle and you need certain kinds of drivers for it. Yeah. Obviously, if you're flying, uh, it's best to normally use somebody who's skilled at finding good deals for airline tickets. And we've yeah. been fortunate to be able to do that. Um, and, and then also just planning those things well in advance. Yes. Because the longer you wait on, on those kinds of things... Um, you know, the more trouble you're going to have, uh, getting good deals yeah, and, and get, and, and maybe even just finding transportation at all. Yeah. So typically for our summer trips, we don't really take mission trips in the summer, you know, for a, for a June trip, a lot of the planning and finalizing of all of that happens in January and February. Yeah. You know, where we're figuring out, uh, who's on the team, uh, What's transportation like? What's the cost going to be? How are we going to raise the funds? Yeah. All that kind of thing. So lots of lots of the logistical side that unless you're really leading the trip, you probably don't think a lot about. Yeah. If you're not, then you're just thinking about how do I raise the money? Yeah. What do I need? Yep. When do I go? Exactly. And can I get the time off work? That's right. Now, can... Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to try to link a couple of questions together. Can mission trips possibly be counterproductive and uh and 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 I guess somewhat related to that we've talked about how you inevitably you run into obstacles on mission trips. Yeah. So how can you what are some of the normal obstacles that teams can expect and and how can you either avoid them or, or deal with them altogether. So I know that's a multifaceted question, but yeah, how do we not be counterproductive and how do we deal with obstacles in advance as much as possible? Yeah. I think, I think if you've spelled out what you're doing on the trip and what's expected and you hold the participants to that expectation, that's going to remove a lot of obstacles um, or at least help with that. I think a missions trip can be counterproductive if if you're not representing Christ well hmm. or if you're hindering the ministry or putting out the people who are hosting you. Yeah. So there's some missions trips uh or it's it's a question that people have, you know, um have you have you caught, you know, 
I don't know, have you inconvenienced the hosts in some way hmm. or have you put them out? Has a, has a group of people hosted you to their expense, if that makes sense? Yeah. I think that would be, um, that would be counterproductive. You want to come alongside them and partner with them and encourage them further in the ministry, not discourage them. Yeah. And so I think that's when a mission strip would become counterproductive. And uh, most good... If you're partnering with an organization, a lot of them will lay down like rules and those are there to help, you know, and a common one is no dating while, no, no dating someone while you're on a mission trip. Like, not like, oh, you have to break up right now, but not, uh, you know, because that takes the focus off right. and in your, I mean, it, it's crazy. Yeah. And so, so not putting that relationship above, right. Or, or even letting it be a distraction for what you're there to do. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I think as long as, as long as you're not being distracted from the goal, you're not being counterproductive, you're encouraging the people, you're not being counterproductive, um, you know, you want to further the cause of Christ, not hinder. And, you know, if you're out there acting the fool and people know that you're on a missions trip... You know that's that's not that's not bringing a a good name to Christ. Yeah, it's a bad look on the organization that you're partnering yeah. with. It's a bad look for your sending church. Yeah, probably an embarrassment to the people who helped get you to where you're supposed to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I can I can say personally, I I've had the good fortune and and the kindness of God. Uh, I I can honestly say we've not had to deal with that a great deal on our trips. Right. Um, you know, I think the Lord has has honored our desires to, as you said, represent Him well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say we don't have our fair share of shenanigans, I that's suppose. That's right. Uh, shenanigans should be a part of every mission trip. That goes along with the humor and yeah. lightening the, the tension. And there's a healthy way to do that Yeah, uh, that's not distracting I think so, so. So we're not saying don't have any fun. Right. In fact, we're if anything, we're saying have have all the fun you possibly can have. For sure. Um, just in a uh, in a in a Christ exalting way. So we've talked about we don't want to hinder who we partner with. So I'm gonna ask this question from both angles. Uh-huh. Churches who are looking for good missions partners, how do we how do we identify those? What do we look for in those? Mm-hmm. But then also, if you're a if you're a host missionary. Mm-hmm. What are they looking for in the kinds of people that they're having to come help them? Okay. So trying to think about it from both the we're a church looking for a missions partner, but also we're a missionary and we want people to come help us, but we're looking for the quote right kinds of people. On the on the missionaries looking for a host side of things. I would hope that the host knows how to how to explain and equip the missionaries, the short-term missionaries, the participants for what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like both organizations we partnered with in the summer, Grace Works in Alaska and CSM, uh, City Service Mission in D.C., did both of those things really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, whether it was the organization as a whole or the host, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to explain and what to explain and when to explain. Because, you know, the CSM, there's kind of a lot of secrecy, but they had that for a reason. Yeah. And I think in the end it worked out really well and it was good for everyone. Um but you knew the expectations and, you know, don't, uh, don't diss the food you're eating, you know. <laughs> um, but and Honestly, I don't know why anybody would have done that. I, I don't mean, know either. Was, man, those were some <laughs> good eating right there. That was good. Um, but I think, you know, on the, on the host-seeking participant side of things, they're looking for people who are um, wanting to serve Christ and who are flexible, yeah, and who are willing to do whatever it is that's required of them, 
uh, I think that's how how both of those how it goes both ways. I was talking to uh, one of our guys on staff a couple of weeks ago who has lived overseas as a missionary, so Mike Swanson. Um, and he talked about it in his, from his time living in Central Europe, how a lot of times uh, when they would have folks from the States come to visit them, most of what the folks, uh, what the visitors came to do, it wasn't as though the missionaries couldn't do that without them. Yeah. In other words, the missionary wasn't having those people come because the missionaries were inadequate. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the way he put it was, we could have done everything we did, everything that they came to do, we could have done it without them. Mm -hmm. But we looked at it as we're exposing them to this is what life in this part of the world is like, and this is why we feel it's really important for us to be here. Yeah. And so it was to give them a taste of global missions. Yeah. Um, and and even though our trips over the summer weren't out of the country, mm-hmm. there was a lot of cultural and ethnic diversity in both mm-hmm. places. Yes, intentionally so by the host to expose us, who are pretty homogenous in our circles yeah. a lot of times, uh, to what you know. Th- this is this is how this other group of people lives, and yeah. this is why we are trying to be effective towards them and. You know, whether it's even something as simple as being exposed to other kinds of foods. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a very strategic way to to kind of go about that. And sometimes, I don't know if this goes along with, with our question right now, but sometimes a group of people will go to a, a field or a gathering uh, and maybe God just wants... Everyone to encourage each other. Hmm. I know that there was a missions trip we took to uh, England, and I think I've told you about this, where we had all these activities planned, and it seems like nobody came to the activities. And the outreach, I mean, from a human standpoint, you think, man, this was a failure, hmm. even though we had a lot of um, kids in the community come to the, the holiday clubs, the evening stuff for the adults... It was just the church, but that church was really encouraged, or I felt like they were really encouraged. I felt like some of the participants were really encouraged just because there was there were there was a group of believers there that um, we were able to encourage each other, and I know even in Norway that's been a thing yeah, uh, yeah. and it's been incredible to like see the growth and the 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 group there from when we went the first time and partnered with them for the skeptics week. Yeah. And it seemed like everyone was kind of, you know, timid and, and then like the last time I went, it was like, man, they've taken charge. They are bold in this culture that's fairly hostile to Christianity intellectually at least. And, uh, it's just really cool. And some of my favorite times are at the end of the missions trip when you're you're just together with believers you're able to share what went on that week you're able to encourage each other and especially i know one time in norway we were having kind of like our final meal and it was like you know what this is just like a small taste of what heaven is going to be like yeah all these different people all these, all these, these different cultures and different backgrounds, all coming together, we're we're honoring Christ, we're encouraging each other. It's just the coolest thing. Yeah. And if there's one thing else I think that's important about short-term missions trips, is that it expands your view of who is in the body of Christ. As far as like, is I mean, it's so easy to just you know. Think about, you're talking about homogenous groups. Yeah. We're fairly homogenous. Yeah. But it, I know that it's just, it's, you know, broad my view. I mean, you're going to be exposed to different beliefs. 
you know, that are still within Orthodox Christianity, yeah. Orthodox little O. Um, you know, but it, it's so important to, to branch out and know the body of Christ for the body of Christ, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that, I, I just, I love that on nearly every trip, just getting to see all the different, all these different members that make up the body of Christ. Yeah. From different cultures and backgrounds and it's just wonderful. Yeah, I agree. Um, we So we had actually talked about we're trying to get this into one podcast or whether or not we should break it up <laughs> into two. I'm going to say we've got about, I would want to get done in six or seven minutes. We've got just a few questions left. Okay. I say we I say we get to it quickly and let's power through. And power through. Yeah. Um so this should be a pretty straightforward answer I think. Should all mission trips do all mission trips need to accomplish the same thing? I don't think so. Um well, let's back up. Okay. There's some missions trips that you're going to be mainly out there um it, you got different jobs in the different trips. Yeah. Uh, what we did in Washington, D.C., which was ministering to a bunch of local ministries and doing more service projects. Yeah. That's a lot different than if you're going with OM and open air campaigners and you're talking to people on the street. And that is like you were getting into gospel conversations. That's like... That is your focus. Right. You're doing the surveys. You're handing out tracts. You're talking about whatever the the artist is doing, or the I don't know. One time we had a, a dancer guy who was doing like stuff and uh, all legitimate like cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and and you know it attracts a crowd, and then you're like, what do you think about this guy? Yeah. Or he'll give his testimony. You know, and so. I think it really, or like maybe the short term trip is to build a, you know, build part of a church for a group. Well, if that's what you're there to do, that's what you need to be doing. And gospel conversations happen along the way. Take advantage of them. Um, But in the particulars, no, I don't think they need to accomplish the same thing. On the broad, overall, yes, that would be glorifying Christ, proclaiming his name. And encouraging the local ministry. Yeah, very good. Each trip, in a way, is is going to have its own, as you said, overarching purpose. Yeah, that's probably going to be the same regardless of the trip. Mm-hmm. But how you accomplish that overall purpose is probably going to vary from trip to trip. Yeah, some are going to be more, as we said, speaking ministry. Some are going to yeah. be more hands-on ministry. Yeah, um, allowing people with a variety of different gifts to serve. On a variety in a variety of different places, probably. Yeah. Okay. So so you've taken the trip. Now you come back home. You're trying to evaluate whether or not the trip was a, was a success. Yeah. What kinds of things make for a successful trip, and what are some things that might make for? Well, we didn't do very well on that. I think. I think if you get to the end of the trip, and the local ministry that you've gone to serve, the hosts, mm-hmm. have been encouraged. And they have more of a presence, and they're able to reach the community because reach the community better because of the work that you did. I think that would that would be a tangible. This was a success. Yeah, I think some of the intangibles would be have you have the participants grown hmm. closer to Christ. Um, had they changed their perspective on things? The CSM trip, the trip to D.C., I thought it was great. I came away, you know, thinking differently about about um, poor, homeless people, you know, because that was, I mean, they made it a point to ask that question, but they also made it a point to expose you to those things. Yeah. And so has there been a change within your heart? Has the local ministry been encouraged and strengthened? Those would be the things that I would say would make for a successful trip. Yeah. Now, you and I work with students, Mm -hmm. work with middle school and high school students. How can we as a youth ministry best develop 
a culture of missions, we'll call it, uh, throughout the year. Even though we take our trips mainly during the summertime, mm-hmm. all year long we want to put missions before our students. What are some of the best ways we should be doing that? I think you... When it comes up in whatever passages we're reading, make sure you highlight that. I know I could do a better job about doing that because um, that's not always at the forefront of my mind, but I think that's a way that you, that you could expose them to missions. Making sure that they are involved if your church has a missions conference. Mm-hmm. If your church doesn't have a missions conference bug your pastors (laughs) Uh, because I know that that those years were very formative in my view of missions and I might have had it a little bit more because my parents were missionaries and I was going to different churches all around and being exposed to missions conferences all around because my parents were taking part in them but I think the more exposure that students have towards missions the more missions minded they get to where they know hey, uh, if I'm not on the field, I need to be supporting the field yeah. or I need to be looking at the field as an option at some point in life, Yeah, you know, for some amount of time. Yeah. Um, so highlighting it when it comes up, uh, even encouraging missions-minded books yeah. and literature yeah. and bringing that up. Missions-minded books. Mm-hmm. Some of the best are... Two of my favorites, two of my favorite pieces on missions work. Uh, one is a book by Bruce Olson named Brushko. Okay. I can't even tell you. It's just a firsthand account of this guy who's 19 years old and hears about this unreached people group and he says, I gotta go, I gotta go there. And he gets captured by the wrong group of Indians. And he almost gets killed by a communist, <laughs> and, and he escapes, and he's so hungry, this tapeworm crawls out of his mouth, and he dreams about it, and and he gets back, and he's like, but I got to reach these people, and he goes back, and just the most amazing book, I think. Wow. Um, it, it's a challenging read. Yeah. Um, and then the missions chapter in John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life. Uh, where he, where he says, uh, you're either, it, it's it's a war. Yeah. And in a war, you've got people on the front lines and people on the back lines. And the people on the front lines would be the missionaries who are out there serving the career missionaries, like we were talking about. Yeah. But they have to have people behind the lines. They have to have that support. And as a Christian, you are called to be either the front or the the back. And I know you have, you know. You're saying to go along with it. Uh, it's not original to me. I, I heard it actually, I think, first from J.D. Greer. He says all Christians can either go or send or disobey. Yeah. Which I think is pretty straightforward. For sure. Uh, Piper's book, book-length treatment of missions, is called uh, Let the Nations Be Glad. That one is uh, is a staple, I think, for anybody c- Concerned just about just to learn more about missions. Mm-hmm. It's not specifically about short term mission trips, uh, but but the idea of missions, why it exists, and 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 why it doesn't exist, and and make sure we get those confused. I pulled David Platt's Radical mm-hmm. off the shelf. I think just for the way that we think about the purpose of our own lives, and how we often think of mission trips as being this just radical thing. And Platt kind of argues. No, that just should be normal. You know, if we're Christians, we should just normally care about people uh, who you know who are less fortunate than us, and 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 especially care about places in the world where the gospel doesn't get to regularly. I also pulled. I don't even know if I've shown you this one, but Scott Kirby, our friend Ooh, up at GraceWorks, look at that, has written uh, something he's called "Equipped for Adventure." The subtitle is "A Practical Guide to Short-Term Mission Trips." I found that to be very helpful. I've used it a lot just in planning trips. Cool. And then also, uh, The Insanity of God. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that one. I own it. I got it for $2 at McKay. But... And, and you've just been afraid of being too convicted. To Probably. It. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's a life changer. Um, there's a couple more things we could get to, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest we go ahead and kind of cut it off here. I think we've got a pretty good uh, baseline. So I am... Um, 
once again, Aaron, appreciative of your time. Thanks for spending this afternoon having this conversation with me. I'm glad to do it. And until next time, everybody have a good uh, a good weekend. Thanks for listening to the Sola Gratia podcast.